Am I on? Okay. No. Am I on now? Um, so, uh, sorry. That's what I always say to my kids. It's interesting. No. Okay. Good thing Now, <laughs> see, this is good. Okay. Yes? What do I do? Oh, I'm probably muted. What about now? <laughs> I'm probably muted. Okay. All right. So how's everybody doing tonight? Good? Wonder, good? Amen. Adam, I'm going to, you're going to be in with me tonight. I feel it. All right. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we will dig right in. Lord, we love you so much. Uh, Father, you are just such an amazing God, and we are so thankful for who you are. Lord, as we open your word, Lord, I pray that uh, your word would be the authority. Lord, that you would speak to your people, Lord, and that we would be receptive to your word and that we would respond to it. Lord, we are so thankful uh, that you allow us to assemble like this, Lord, and I just pray that you would just strengthen us as a body by your word. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I've got a little update uh, real quick for you before we dive into Galatians, and the only reason I bring this up uh, is because I talked about it the last time I talked. Um, and I have a little pup named Chester, right? And I described him as a dog that you can kind of lay down, right? And, and, and not be uh, very, not very harmful at all. Um, and then I described sin as being like a pit bull that would come and we've got to kill it. We've got to put it to death. Well, Actually, on the way home from church today, we had two dogs come up to Chester and actually attack him. And he's in the hospital right now. And so just, guys, in your mind, in that visual picture, just understand how wicked sin is. Okay? And just uh, enunciate that. And if I wasn't teaching tonight, I wouldn't bring it up in this context, but we talked about it last time. And uh, for it to happen today, I just wanted us to, to remember in our minds, you know, I mean, that dog that attacked Chester had to be put down today. And Chester's in the hospital. And we got to make sure that we don't allow sin to wound us like that. That whenever it starts to rear its ugly head, we immediately turn from it and repent. Okay? Or we use the one, Jesus Christ, who has overcome that. Okay? So just a little, little bit before we go in. So we are going to be in Galatians chapter 4 and starting in verse 1 and we're going to go to verse 7. So let's read together. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. 
but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And so what we're going to kind of touch on uh, in the beginning is, is what is a slave? And slavery has come uh, in different times, in different seasons of creation. Slavery has come in all different forms. Um, there's a movie that I watched not too long ago uh, called Rwanda, and, and there were two sets of people. Uh, all were African, but two different sets of people. And one of the reasons that one of the tribes got put into slavery was the slant of their nose. And so you, you have that reason, and actually that slavery actually turned into genocide. But they were ostracized by that. And like Dave talking this morning, the Israelites being in slavery, being in bondage, they were bonded to their religious beliefs in the one true God, the Israelites. And so they were in slavery because of that. And that was their connection to it. Okay? And then another one can be uh, the language you speak. You don't have the dominant language in that time. They'll take advantage of you and they will compartmentalize you and have you to be this particular set of people and you cannot get out of this. Kind of like they did uh, even to the African-Americans when they first got here. You didn't want anyone to be able to read, to be educated so that they could get out of this spot to this spot. And so we put up so many roadblocks against that. Um, Actually, last week uh, in Ohio, I got the privilege to go over to the National Museum of the Underground Railroad. And as I'm walking into this place, there's a lady standing here, and she's got a bunch of students around her, and she's kind of giving an introduction of why this museum is here. And what she says is, is she is not trying to make anyone feel bad for this, for what their ancestors had done, but to educate so that history doesn't repeat itself. History has a way of repeating itself. And so as we dig in here and we see kind of the follies that are going on here with the Galatians, let's make sure that we as God's people don't repeat the same mistakes that are going on here. Let's make sure that we stand on the gospel, the one true gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And so let's dig right into the text. And so it says um, in chapter 1, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardian and managers until the day set by his father. And so we've had this uh, in verse 28. We've had it say that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so, and if you are Christ then you are Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to the promise. And so this is kind of who he's opening up to. He's talking to the heirs to be. And so I mean that the heirs, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. And so what we don't understand definitely in this room is no one truly physically understands what it is to be in slavery. Okay, so I'm going to try to give you a little visual picture and I'm going to get some help from Bobby. But I want you to, to see just a visual picture of what I am, okay? I am the slave, and Bobby is my slave master, okay? And he says to me, hey, I want you to be a chair like this because I am his property. It is just like me being this chair. He tells me what to do. I have no opinion. So Bobby wants a chair. I'm going to be his chair. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was, you got to get that visual, guys. You got to hang with us. Okay? Thank you. You're a good slave master. I appreciate it. But, but as we see this, right, I was nothing else. Did I have a name? No. I was chair. I was whatever Bobby had me to be. So if Bobby wanted me to take care of his children... I would take care of his children. If Bobby wanted me out in the field, I would be out in the field. And so the thing of our visual picture of what he's truly talking about here, because this is not something, slavery is not something new. And actually the museum up in Ohio did a beautiful job to say, yes, we don't want history to repeat itself with this and to have people to be color, judged by the color of their skin. But there's still slavery going on today. It's illegal in every country. But we are still in this bondage of slavery. Whether it be human trafficking. Whether it be um, uh, 
uh, I can't even think of another one. But children, when they're working too early, I don't know, that's called something. <laughs> but, in a, and they're not getting paid proper wages, right? Or anything, okay? And so you've still got this idea of slavery kind of going on, but as they are this property, they have no rights. We are trapped by this. Do you know, Bobby, when I was sitting here, because in his kindness, he kept tapping my shoulder. Right? Because he's kind. Well, guess what? When I'm trapped in this world, when I'm trapped in these elementary principles of the world, they are not kind to me. They are not kind to me. But whenever I become a slave to them, did you see how easy it was for me to become a slave to Bobby? Well, guess what? Sometimes it's that easy for us to become a slave to other things. Right? Drake gave a wonderful testimony this morning. Well, guess what? He is no longer a slave to those things anymore. Does he possibly maybe need to stay on guard to make sure that those things do not creep back up in his life? Yes. Yes. But he is no longer... A slave to that. And so as we go through this, this is why I think Paul kind of starts us out because he's ending a whole section here. Okay, we're going to kind of springboard into another section after this. But he's been harping on kind of the same things. And it says, But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. And that sin can be those guardians and managers that we are set underneath. We are all born into sin. And until Christ sets us free from that, we're under those managers, okay? And as I had Bobby kind of being the slave master, because I want, I want you to really get an idea of what slavery, in a sense, very small portion, really looks like, okay? Like in, in, in slavery-wise, like that man, Bobby, who actually owned me, if he left and left others in charge of me, and in, in our context, probably the closest thing, they would be called boss. It's kind of what they would be nicknamed as. Okay, if you've watched anything or any history on it, that's the one who actually doesn't own them, but is a manager or guardian until the owner actually comes back. Well, guess what? Think about that. The owner of us is not Christ at this moment. We are slaves to sin. We are underneath his power. Turn with me over. I've shared this with you on Wednesday night. But turn over to Second uh, Timothy chapter 2.
in the second part of 26. And escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And guys, if, if we don't belong to God, we belong to the devil. We are trapped in our sin. We cannot overcome our sin by hard work or perseverance. We can't do it like that. Christ is the only one who can overcome our sin in our lives. And so as we've kind of got the the context there. Then it says in verse 3, it says, In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And this is just such a beautiful, powerful passage here. I mean, think, in that specific time, it was like, it was like God, God, the Father and Jesus, the Son, were up, and he just kind of looked over and was like, it's time. Let's get it. To come back, to come to us, to be born of woman, and just shares the gospel with us in such a, a beautiful manner. But in that humility that, that we see, right, did you see the humility that I had to have with Bobby? Well, we have to no longer be slaves to that, but to be slaves to Christ and to humble ourselves. And if Christ tells me to sit down and be a chair for Bobby, well, guess what I need to do? I need to sit down, be a chair for Bobby, and not say, well, how come Bobby gets to use me as a chair? Well, how come he, he's always the one to getting to do this and getting to do that? And, right? But if that's not our role in understanding the body, we've got to think about these things in it. And it says... But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. That adoption sometimes is not another word like slavery, one that we truly don't understand. I got the privilege of serving at a children's home, and people would be taken out of the home, and they would come to these children's homes. And the majority of the time, I'd say 75% of the time, they would change their names. 
They would no longer want to be associated with their past life. They wanted to leave all of that behind them and to come into this place and to start anew. And you know what was going on in their minds? I would ask them why they did that. And they thought that if their name wasn't attached to the past, that they would have a better chance of being adopted. Because when a kid is thinking about adoption, they are thinking of all these things that they want to cut loose from them so that the parent will want them. And so they're trying to alleviate from this. They'll, they'll become whatever you want them to be. Think about that in our terms of when Christ redeems us, we should want to leave all these things from our past that entangle us, that trip us up to go after the one that adopted us. Think about that. Think of that desire there to be adopted. And would absolutely disregard the, their whole past. They didn't come up to their, to their future parents and say, but I'm really good at this. I'm really smart at this. No, they were like, hey, I'm a blank slate. Do with me as you please. But when we view other people and sometimes view ourselves, when people come to Christ, we're like, oh, yeah, man, they're gifted. Man, they're going to be really beneficial to the body. Oh, man, yeah. We need to make sure that we're allowing people to come, come clean. And not to be at our standards of where we think they should be. Or make them be, right? Because they're part of our family. But we're not the ones that adopted them. But to see that desire and to point them to the word. To him, like Dave said this morning. He says, hey... This is a story about God, not about us. This story is about God. And so God is the one setting them free. God is the one that came forth. And called us and said, you're mine. And adopting us, grafting us in to the fold. And because you are sons of God. Since you were sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. 
And if a son, then an heir through God. In this passage, Lord really uh, got a chance to convict me about this and just thinking of Abba Father and, and what Christ has come to do was to break down that veil so that we could even have communication with the Father. That it is Jesus' spirit that lives in me so that we can communicate with the Father in heaven. And just what a beautiful picture of the Trinity and what he's doing here on this earth. That same spirit, and you see it's got exclamation points with it. It says, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. And as we think about that, and think of the gratitude that we need to have as God's people toward him. In reminding ourselves that we are nothing but a slave until Christ intervenes. And that it is his work that he has done and allowing us to be adopted in and even call him father. Think of the gravity of that. Without me being adopted, I can't even say father. Without Jesus coming and living a perfect, sinless life, I can't even call upon the one true God. Because I'm nothing but this chair. But then glory, hallelujah, Christ picks me up from being this chair, from being enslaved to these elementary things of the world and says, now, I want you to be an ambassador for me. I want to place you here and I want to move you to do nothing but know why you were built. And you were built to have my name receive honor and glory. And so being grafted, adopted in. And saying, praise be to God. Right? You heard what Helen said. If don't waste a moment. A moment of staying in this stance as a chair. 
to where you have no identity but then Christ grabs you and says your identity is in me you are mine church let's walk in that in confidence Let's don't be enslaved to this world. But knowing that Christ's way is better and the only way. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I love you so much. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for um, just speaking. Lord, and I pray that um, you would use your words, Lord, to encourage your people, Lord, to reprove your people, to correct your people, to train your people in all righteousness. Lord, we thank you for your word, and it is what we stand on as a church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.